When I got out of MLM, I was overwhelmed by shame, regret, guilt, and loneliness. But sharing my story has helped free me up, and I want to invite you to do the same, either publicly or anonymously, as a catalyst for your healing. The From Huns to Humans podcast is a proud supporter of the hashtag I Got Out movement. Learn more and find resources at igotout.org. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey hun, it's me, Danielle. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're getting all professional. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I am here with Janice today. And uh, just a content warning before we get into the episode, we are going to be talking about some pretty heavy mental health topics, such as eating disorders and suicide um, and probably some other things along the way, considering how heavy those two topics are. So if you are not in the headspace to listen to this episode right now or today or ever, that is absolutely okay. I invite you to pause, come back later, or, you know, switch, switch to another podcast, you know, maybe go check out my husband's podcast, Nick Anderson Fitness. Um, if you know, you need something a little lighter to listen to. Um, but otherwise, I hope that you stay, enjoy. And here is Janice. Janice, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. It's awesome. raining and cold in Texas today. Yeah, I mean, it's sunny and cold in Massachusetts oh. today. <laughs> um, so what got you into uh, multi-level marketing? Um, so when I started kind of looking back at the history of my multi-level marketing um, experience, I actually was in multi-level marketing when I didn't know I was in. Um, yeah, so... Back in probably, I think I was trying to figure out, I think it was late 1990s or early 2000s. So I was 
30-ish something years old. I joined um, a business called Homemade Gourmet, which I don't know if anybody's ever talked about that before. Um, I think I heard it once and it may be Texas-based. I'm not sure. Um, and the reason I joined it, I don't even know how I even found it. It was basically um, like mixes, like powdered mixes, like soups and cookies and oh. jars things like the ones um, you would see in like um like a fundraiser for like kids or something like that yeah yeah um and I love food and I love cooking so at the time this is so I'm a nurse now but before I became a nurse I was a speech pathologist so um I kind of did a career switch um, but anyway, that's kind of irrelevant, but I was just looking for some extra money. I had a four-year-old son at the time, I think about, and it was kind of a fun thing. I don't even know what I invested. I honestly can't remember much about it other than having lots of mixes. And I would go to like craft shows or fairs and like set up a booth, sell it, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know if I was like in somebody's downline, if I had an upline, like, I really don't know. I'm not even sure if I made money on it, but I had fun doing it. And so I did it. I'm not even sure if it's still around, but. Um, I think that, um, you know, it's so common for people to get into something like that, that, um, you know, it just feels fun and whatever. You don't even realize it's an MLM. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's super common especially uh, for people kind of like in your age bracket, like people, like there mm -hmm. are we're all sorts of ones that are just not common or not around anymore. And they didn't feel as scammy as MLMs feel now. Like they're really starting to show their colors. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. And also, like I said earlier, like those fundraisers, like my um, friend has a foster kid who has a fundraiser right now selling like breads and stuff like that mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and I mean I guess don't even get me started about this but like I feel like those are like the perfect way to prime kids to think <laughs> that multi-level marketing is like a legit business model because they're like hey if you sell five things to your friends and family then you get a plastic mm -hmm. ring <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they're yes. priming yeah. you to get absolutely nothing for your efforts and working hard mm -hmm. and hustling and selling and yeah. you think that it's the best thing ever. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and also I can see why that would feel a little bit different because like, I'm, I'm guessing that they were probably in like pretty cute packaging or you can- Yeah, they had stuff. cute little packages and actually it was really like, I can still remember the products because they were good. Like I made this stuff all the time, yeah. but you know, you had to have stock, you had inventory. I used it all the time. Um, but like I said, like I, I don't have any negative memories of it. I just something I did almost like a hobby. Right. Um, and you know, I think that having the hobby mindset for MLM is much healthier than going into MLMs and thinking like I'm a business owner and this is mm -hmm. going to be like my side job. Like if you're like, this is a hobby and I'm going to do this and like have some fun and like, maybe I'll make a little bit of extra money. That's totally cool. Like, yeah, but if you go into it thinking you're going to be a millionaire, that's like definitely where things start to really slide downhill. Yeah. And I remember at the time, my mom, who 
is was a phenomenal woman and her like legitimately a business owner she had her own hair salon um I remember her asking me like are you making any money doing this and I'm like yeah you know like I don't know you know like I really honestly I don't know I don't remember but I did it and I probably did it for I don't know a year or two um I was married at the time and my husband really didn't care I guess he probably asked me are you making any money I'm like I don't know right and like, you don't yeah. think about like how much it costs to like set up a table at a craft show and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's like table fees. I mean, yeah. When you say $2, like a hundred dollars, was it 2000 huh? or 2010 when you said you were doing that? About well, t- around 2000. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, w- was it a hundred dollars then do you think, or was it, I mean, it had to be at least $50 That's at what least I was thinking. 75. Yeah. Cause I feel like table fees when I was doing fairs back in like what like 2015 I feel like they were close to like Mm -hmm. 100 150 I think there was a couple that were 200 so Mm -hmm. inflation (laughs) yeah but you know I mean I sold stuff at the fairs and I had a good time and really you know I guess the drawback would be that I did spend a lot of time doing those things you know like on a Saturday or whatever I would be gone all day but in in the overall picture of things I think yeah you, you know. probably broke even and like, yeah, and like this is one of those cases too. Or like, you know, we talk about not all of the MLM products are evil, you know, right. like some products yeah. are perfectly fine or mediocre or whatever. The issue is, is that most of the time they are overpriced and also the business model of the MLM. Yeah. So just kind of reiterating that for everyone, like sometimes there oh, are good there, things, like, you know, okay. we like- there were, a, I did a lot of home parties with that mm, too. Yeah. So, yeah, now that I think about it. So, craft so was shows, there anything specifically that got you out of that MLM or did you just kind of like fade out? I think I just faded out. Just, yeah. you know, life happened. I had a small child. I was married at the time and had stepchildren. So, you know, life got busy. So um, nothing dramatic happened. I just stopped doing it. Yeah. And I don't really remember any contact with any company like, other than other like local reps that I happen to meet or know, but yeah. Yeah, again, things were things were different before it became like like the network marketing that we see today on especially like the online formats. Like I think mm-hmm. that it's just very different the way that it looks. Yeah. Especially for an MLM that's set up like that one where you can kind of like it kind of looks like homey and like you know like I just picture like the pre-made packages like in the basin jars Mm -hmm. that you see at craft fair Mm -hmm. now you can kind of get away and people probably don't even some people probably don't even realize that you didn't make it yourself right yeah Yeah. so like it's a little exactly what it was that's (laughs) a little sneaky of the company but also like we love that like I know that I love thinking that people made stuff themselves and like sometimes (laughs) I'll be I'll like kind of have that cognitive dissonance of like I bet you they didn't like when I go and buy this little package of bat made pasta. Do I think that this person made pasta in the shape of bats or do I think that they got it from a company? I'm going to pretend that they made it themselves. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in the overall picture and everything that happens since then, that was a very benign, you know, experience. It was just something that I did. And then, um, so, you know, I, like I said, I had a young son. Um, I ended up getting a divorce. I had, so I was a single mom. Um, and then I had another son in 2005. 
who's now 17, which is blowing my mind completely. Um, so I was a single mom of two kids and um, decided to go to nursing school. That's a whole other thing. And everyone's like, oh, how did you do that? You know, what, how in the world did you go to nursing school? I worked, I went to nursing school and I raised two children. That's amazing. I have no, yeah, I don't know. On and your own honestly, or do you have a lot well, of family support or? I, my mom um, lived down the street. And so she was my biggest support yeah. with my kids and always was. So that, you know, they were raised essentially by her and me. Yeah. Um, and which is good, good for them. They have a lot of good memories. And I think it was good, but I also think it was good that they saw their mom do things that really were almost impossible to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and everyone's like, like, how did you do that? I'm like, I really didn't have a choice. I mean, I guess I did, but I just did it. You know, I did it. Right. And I so. think that, you know, I mean, I definitely want to acknowledge here that like, there is a level of privilege that like you were able to do that. Like you were able to have mm -hmm. your mom support, like help support your kids and stuff like that. Um, Cause like, there are definitely people that were probably in like adjacent similar situations to you. And it's like, you know, if all of the pieces don't fall into place, it's not going to happen. Yes. So like yes. part of it is like good support systems and all that stuff. And also part of it is like, this is going to be hard and I'm going to sit in that hard situation and I'm going to yeah. get this done. Yeah. And like you said, yeah. I'm going to be a good role model for my kids and show them that like stuff is hard, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing this, yeah. you know, to better our family. Yeah. And it's I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was quite the challenge. If you know anybody that's ever gone to nursing school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, just being you know, a nurse in general is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so much. Yeah. So probably, so I was trying to look back about in 2012. So single mom, two kids. I was a nurse by that time. Um, I, I joined Cincy. Uh -huh. which I'm sure y'all talked about before. Um, I don't really even know how that happened. I think I liked the products and I really truly did like the products. They yeah. smelled really good since it was good. Um, I joined under another nurse because you know, multi-living work, multi <laughs> MLMs love their <laughs> nurses and teachers. Yes, <laughs> They do. love their nurses and teachers. And you know, looking back at all these experiences that I had, it was always like this idea in my, my head, oh, I'm going to make some extra money. It's going to be right. easy. I'm going to make some extra money. I'm a single mom, you know, I'm going to make some extra money and it's not going to take up that much of my time. Well, I mean, I was fairly, I guess, fairly successful with Cincy. Um, I was very involved. I liked the, again, I liked the product. Right. Um, I and liked again, it. And there's so, nothing yeah. wrong with wax melts, you know, like yeah, there's there's, yeah, yeah. Those. and there's nothing, yeah. their holders are super cute. Yeah, I just wish that yeah. they weren't yeah. from a multi-level marketing company. Yeah. Have you seen so their, I think they're very expensive, but I, yeah, I don't know how much they are now and I don't know, but they're Halloween ones and Christmas ones. Oh, they're so, so cute. cute. They're so, so cute. cute. The Disney ones. Yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> I like Sometimes I will go to like a Goodwill or something like that. And I'm just mm -hmm. like looking for them. I can't have like fragrant, fragrant stuff in my house because I get migraines. Um, mm -hmm. But like, I'll like go and look because they're cute on their own. Like you can still. They're cute. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Cute. And I, I still have my holiday ones because yeah. they're cute. You know, yeah. like I take them out and actually, you know, I think that's 10 years ago. I still have wax. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, sometimes it just sticks around. <laughs> I was like, why do I still have like 25 well, bars of wax? I can tell you why. It's because you were product loading. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why well, still have these things? I still have the light bulbs that go in the yeah. warmers. But anyway, so again, you know, I like the product. I got really involved. I was on all the calls. I went to convention in Vegas. Um, I remember just going, oh yeah, in five years, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire and I'm going to not have to work. Yeah. I'm going to do all these things. And you know, that didn't happen. And I I didn't hate it. There was nothing I hated about it. I never got pressured by other people. Like in that, in, in, in this particular situation, like I never felt pressure right I just did it and I think that's one of the things that happens in like some of these companies too and well I think it all depends on what team you join and also your own Mm -hmm. personality but like a lot of times the pressure isn't like direct it's like more like suggestions and just like not even like suggestions suggestions it's just like I bought all of these products and then you see somebody else buying Mm -hmm. all those products and you're like those look amazing. I'm going to buy them yeah. too. Yeah. So, Almost like know. a s- self pressure. Like right. I need to do that too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And too often, especially for people that are like working their way out, like they'll hear people in the anti-MLM community saying like we were pressured into doing things and they think that like, and that you hear all the time, trigger warning, you know, well, no one's holding a gun to your head. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no one is. No one is sitting there <laughs> making me type my credit card information to buy five bags of protein powder. But guess what? Right. I felt like I needed to, even though no, I don't even think anyone ever specifically said, well, uh, well, I think I did have a couple of times that people specifically said you should buy this. But like <laughs> overall, most of my experience in the 10 years of ma- network marketing, no one was really saying buy this it was right. very much suggestions and like the marketing that we do for to get more customers is also for your downline to be like look at all of the stuff that I bought and how happy I am because I bought all this stuff you should buy all this stuff too because you're going to be as happy and successful as I am mm-hmm. which is its own yeah. kind of peer pressure Right. And, you know, and Cincy, like I said, I like the product and then they kind of, I don't know how much you know about them, but they kind of went into this handbag, like bag line. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. And then they came out with um, a product called Velada, which was like a warmer, but it was chocolate. So it was like oh. fondue. <laughs> yeah. Roberta, a Roberta Blevins, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah my favorite person uh <laughs> I feel like I talk about I it. heard her talking about it yeah <laughs> but she just found one at um her goodwill and yeah. she just put regular chocolates in it and melted them and she said it was fantastic I think she made it yeah and I I wish that I had one of those and actually I liked it it was good like I, I liked it the purses and you know they make you no they don't make you. I bought lots of purses, which I don't even carry a purse anymore. But the other day I pulled out this, <laughs> this makeup bag. Oh, I guess it was a makeup bag. And it's from that line. I wish I could remember it. I'll think of it. And it's just like, so now we're talking, you know, 10 years ago, I still have it. I still have makeup in it. And it's just like peeling and just like, I pulled it out. I, mean, I am married again. And my husband was like, don't you think you should throw that away? <laughs> it's fine. 
Oh, gotta love those like graveyard makeup bags. I definitely am like uh, guilty of that because I don't really wear makeup. So the only time I buy it is when I have like some sort of special event that I need to get makeup for. And then I'll be like, let me put it all in this bag so I can take it with me for this whatever special event I have. And then the bag gets put somewhere. And then I find it like 10 years later and I'm like, is any of this still good? I don't know anything about makeup. <laughs> so okay, well, honestly, it's all trash. <laughs> I'm a nurse, so there really isn't much makeup in there. There's like alcohol swabs, pens, pencils, uh, scissors, maybe some lip gloss. Who knows? You know, it's just like random things that have been in there forever. So, and I still have it. It's actually sitting in the other room. I just saw it sitting somewhere. The day. So it keeps migrating to like, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> never forget (laughs) never forget and so again that kind of just faded out um I just stopped doing it and then around 2014 so again like I really don't remember how I actually got into starting these things but about 2014 um a friend a mother of a a kid that went to school with my son she and I were friends and she one day was like, hey, uh, do you want to, I don't even know what she said. Do you want to try this workout? Or I'm, you know, she was a beach body coach. I knew nothing about it. Nothing, nothing. And I was like, sure. Like I have a long history of some disordered eating before all of this. And I was always like trying to, all these fad diets are, let's do this and work out and whatever, you know? So I was like, okay. And I remember the first time I tried Shakeology, I was like, this is awful. Like, I don't like it. And she's like, well, put this in there and put this in there. Well, of course, if you add all the things, you know, it's fine. Um, So I was on her. I didn't even know that. And also, I didn't even know Beachbody was an MLM. I honestly didn't when I joined. I was like, I remember going to her house and she's like, oh, well, um, Sharon, sorry, this person, her upline, Um, I was like, who's that? Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like I had no idea how any of this worked. Just kind of naivety, I guess, because I just trust people. Well, it doesn't seem like you were really recruiting in your other MLMs. It sounds like you were doing more home mm -hmm. parties and stuff, right? Yeah. Just like working the business, like actually having a business like where you're selling products. So like, exactly, it's very different when you're actually trying to do it in that way. Um, I wish that they paid you more for like actually doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. So I didn't know how this worked. Uh, Like, what's it like? Oh, so-and-so is my diamond coach. I'm like, what, what, what the hell is a diamond coach? Like, what is, what is happening? Like, what is this? I have no idea. I have no idea what I was doing. And so she was like, oh, hey, do you want to go? We're going to go to Vegas and we're going to go to Summit. Like, what's Summit? Okay. So I went to Vegas and I remember being there. I had a good time. I met a lot of people, but I was in a hotel room with three strangers that I never had met before that was organized, you know, however they do it. And like, I'm going to the, the workouts were one thing. I was introduced to Shanti. I will never say anything about Shanti. He is my love. I love him so much. I do too. <laughs> I read his book. I think he has, I said this in the last Beachbody, well, actually at this point, two Beachbody episodes ago, I think Shanti is amazing. I wish that he would mm-hmm. leave network marketing. I mm-hmm. think he has such an important story to share. 
Mm-hmm. I I love Donut Fridays. I think he's yes. adorable with his husband and his. Can you see my shirt? <laughs> oh my God, Shanti! Shanti, kick my ass! <laughs> I have so many Shanti things. Yes. The only, yeah. The only criticism I will give, and this isn't really necessary towards Shanti, it really goes back to the beach body structure, is that. We do not need to do cardio as much as Shanti does cardio. Like that's a lot of cardio. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I'm sure that, so you're actually, I know I mentioned Nick's podcast at the beginning, but um, you're going to be on his podcast. And by the time this is released, you will have already been on Nick's podcast. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure that you guys might talk Uh, about something like this. We're going to talk about how my workouts have changed dramatically. And if you follow, if you follow Sean, do you ever watch his stories now? I haven't been watching. I, I had okay. to, I had to detox. Yes, I understand. I, I understand. So not, to, I mean, so what's Shauna's, on his story now? <laughs> Sean is my heart. Yeah. And, um, T25 is like my soul workout. That's where I started. I loved it. It was the first one I ever completed. He has such a strong message and such a positive mm-hmm. personality that he, and he is a, total mental health advocate. He talks about his story. He talks about his childhood trauma, Um, but he has been bodybuilding. He has been doing weightlifting and he is jacked now. I mean, not that he wasn't in shape before. Oh yeah. Yeah. He and Scotty, his husband are both training. You'll have to look and I'm going um, right now. <laughs> yeah. And so like when we get to the end of my exit of Beachbody, which wasn't that long ago, kind of culminated in this. Um, I went to a birthday, uh, Shanti birthday event because his birthday is the day after mine. We're 10 years apart. Oh my We've actually had a couple of conversations and he had a birthday celebration in Austin and I went and met him and Scott and he is as genuine and lovely as you think he is. And like, like you I know, have, yeah, I just, I'm going to get into it a little bit. I wish that, you know, so multi-level marketing aside as a company, why isn't Sean T the face of that company. He is so mm-hmm. positive. He is so kind. He has such a positive message. Again, open. donut yes. Fridays. You can eat yes. healthy 80% of the time and have donuts every week and still hit your goals. Like mm-hmm. he's just so amazing. Also, why do we always have to highlight the skinny white girls? Like don't get me started. Don't, yeah. don't get me started. <laughs> you know? Don't get me so started. Like, yes. I would love it if Sean, like if they would pivot and let Sean T like be the face of that company, except for the fact that it's multi-level marketing. So like ideally Sean mm-hmm. T would leave and start his own company and everyone would be so excited. And it wouldn't be multi-level yes. marketing and it would be amazing. Yes. Sean T, if you ever listen been, to this, yes. <laughs> you have so much support. We love you. Yes, we love you and um, like no one will ever, uh, something could happen. I could change my mind about Shanti, but it hasn't happened in almost right. 10 years. I've met him. We've had some little, uh, I've won, uh, t-shirts from him, like on Instagram, just things. And none of that is Beachbody related. He has, even though he is with Beachbody, he does not, I really feel like he's stuck in a contract right now. I feel like he has contractual obligations. Yeah. Um, I, I'm yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. But like, I feel like overall, like his, when I was watching him regularly, it wasn't like 
him dripping beach body from the mouth. It was like, this mm-hmm. is my life. And like, I'm doing fun stuff. And like, mm-hmm. here are my cool kids and my cool yes. oh. and like Yes. I feel like yeah. this has turned into like a Shanti flashback, <laughs> but, but like yeah. I'm here for it because he he's so yes. cool. He's such a cool person. He's amazing. Once again, not everyone who's in an MLM is a villain. Like, mm-hmm. does Shanti know that the MLM business structure is detrimental to people? I don't know. I don't know that he knows he might, but I mean, from what, and I've been following him for a long, long time. I know very, a lot about him and his, you know, his husband, his beautiful children, his life, um, his in-laws, I've met him. And I really think that, you know, he has his own company. He does very, he doesn't need Beachbody actually. Um, You know, so I think he's contractually obligated to them in some way is my only guess um you know he only you know the last workout program he did was uh the dance one get get up or whatever I don't know what it was which was fun and yeah and he's always you know he's always been body inclusive he has every different kind of person on his cast he always goes for you know he casts people strangers unlike some people that just cast their friends right um so right. <laughs> he, I, I just feel like he somehow it's a business. It's got to be a, a contractual thing. Yeah, I, let's hope so. Hopefully that ends yeah. soon. Shanti, you have so many supporters <laughs> that will you. follow yes. you. Come on, yes. man. Yes. And when I went to the um, Shanti birthday celebration in Austin in May, um, it had nothing to do with Beachbody. That's a whole, it was a whole separate thing. There yeah. was probably... Mm, I can't, it was limited. So it was like hundred to 200 people. Yeah. And he did a, he did a workout, had nothing to do with beach body. He did his own workout. I met him. I met, um, Scott and the other Elliot or somebody else, his little group. Um, but there were all kinds of people there. He had, um, brunch, he had drinks, he met people and he was just so like, I almost cried when I was talking to him because he's just had such an impact in my life. Um, Honestly, so, I'd probably I, still cry if I met Shanti. I probably yeah, would still yes. cry of like excitement and happiness. Like, yeah, he, like he was a big part of my like, I mean, unfortunately, this is like so twisted up in my like eating disorder story. So like, I'm still trying to like figure out like, mm-hmm. you know, what was good and what was not good and all that stuff. And like, what is allowed to live positively in my brain and what was me being brainwashed into toxic diet culture but like his like book and like his messages mm-hmm. and just his enthusiasm was such a big part of me wanting to move my body and wanting to better myself mm-hmm. um at that point in my life and like his programs really did make a big difference for me so like yeah. it, I really I really have mixed feelings about Shanti it's so interesting mm-hmm. like to yes because, and I'm the same more. way because if you ask me, Shanti was pivotal in my, yeah my fitness, helping with my mental health, you know, because T25 really was my like soul program. And that's what I started with in Beachbody. And I loved him. I loved his message. And, you know, even now people that don't work out, I'm like, I just go back to what he always says is just like, just move, just move. You don't have to do what I'm doing. 
just march in place for five minutes or, you know, it doesn't matter. Like he's just so positive. And so that year, and I actually, I didn't meet him, but I went to a live Shanti workout at mm -hmm. convention that year. And I was just like, Oh my God, it was the best. <laughs> he, I mean, he's just amazing. I just love him so much. And I actually met Tony Horton. Um, oh, how was that? that day that, uh, you know, I just took a picture with him. He yeah. was never, I mean, I like Tony and I actually listened to a podcast yesterday that he was on about, um, his time in Beachbody. You know, he's not associated with them at all anymore. Um, so it's interesting, Yeah. but, um, and he talks about like, you know, I was the original super trainer for them and yeah. it was me, Sean and Shalene. Yep. Well, Sean, uh, Tony and Shalene aren't with Beachbody anymore. Right. I mean, Shalene well, hasn't been for a long, well, kind of, but, and, and like happened, I feel like she also has some, I think Shalene, I have a lot of things that I think about. Yes. Shalene. <laughs> uh, yes. I think that she's been through a lot. And I think that if she could take some time to understand how harmful the MLM business structure is, she would be all the way out um, because she is so like about helping people and you know mm -hmm. she has all of those ADHD courses and how to yes. start your business and all that stuff um so I think that she just has a little bit of learning to do and also it's probably also you know that shitty part of being like she essentially if you're a super trainer you are a cult leader in the MLM space unfortunately you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So like having mm -hmm. to sit there and learn that like you were part of that for other people is very hard to sit with, especially for someone of that magnitude in like yeah. this organization. So like, I can only imagine how hard it must be for people who are working their way out to figure out that like, they're essentially cult leaders. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, and it, yeah. And I have mixed feelings about Shaleen too, but um, if you look at her stories lately, which just in the past week, mm -hmm. she talks about like, this is a, a term I just learned was like almond moms, oh, yeah. um, about, yeah, it has something to do with like these people on social media, like, oh, you can have an, one almond for a snack for your kids or some bullshit like that. Anyway, so she, Shalene has been talking about that and against it and how okay. that she, that she was um, subject to negative diet culture that, that was detrimental to her and her daughter. You know, her daughter had an eating disorder. Uh, well, I think she has talked about that too, right? How she, yes, yes. she has, I wouldn't say skinnier yeah. and skinnier. Yes. Like if you yeah. lost five more pounds, then you would, you know, photograph better yeah. for this video shoot. I think I've yeah. heard things like that. From and so, her. yeah, she's come out more recently, just like in the past couple of weeks, talking about it more and more and about, you know, toxic diet culture and how she was, you know, was in on it. She was full in on it and it just, it wrecked her, you know, physically and a lot of things so I have you know my respect for Shalene is it, it's I have mixed feelings too but I think you know everybody grows and learns yeah. and she just is caught up in something that you know at the time a lot of people were I guess right I guess. yeah and the things that yeah. like we'll do for money in a capitalistic yeah. society yes. are yes. Like, yeah yeah you know we don't yeah, and it's stuff for money <laughs> yeah yeah um, so in 2014, so that's when I started with Beachbody and here's a funny story since we're talking about Shalene. Um, so you know how they used to do like live, um, 
classes. Yeah. So my friend was like, oh, do you want to go to um, Fort Worth and get certified to teach PIO? I'm mm. like, okay, but I will never teach. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a fitness teacher. I always had a trouble with the term coach. Like I'm not a coach. I don't know anything. I don't, I don't have a degree in health or fitness. I'm not a personal trainer. How in the world could I go to one, a one day class and be certified to right. teach other people? They right. don't do I, that anymore. I think in like, if these were one day classes to teach people who were personal trainers and understand how the body works and all of that, yeah. stuff, that would be <laughs> yeah. one thing. But when you don't have all of that information on how to be safe while you work out, then like, you're just setting a yeah. bunch of people up to hurt themselves because they don't know. They're yeah. just trying but to I, remember what you tell them to do at this one day training. Yeah. I got my certification in PIO. I never even did PIO. Like it wasn't my favorite program. I just didn't really, it just wasn't, didn't resonate with me. So I just always was like, I was so uncomfortable in that class. I was like, how could I, these people can't teach this class. You know, they can't go and say they can, they're an expert in the PIO format. Cause you're not, you don't know anything, you know, you just learned a routine and whatever, like right. you don't learn any principles of the program, really anything. It's literally like a six hour class or something. Yeah. That's a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then, so also about this time I was in a relationship, um, with a man who I had kind of reconnected from high school with, um, and we were very, very close, um, I was very much in love with him. And off the bat, he had told me he was an alcoholic and he had been recovering. So this is kind of getting into that whole mental health thing. And so I was like, oh yeah, you know, like that's okay. You know, you're in recovery and um, I'm not going to get into a lot of that story, but he had some serious um, addiction problems and mental health problems. And I had been in I've never been in a, a physically abusive relationship ever. Um, I've been in a verbally abusive marriage um, and I got out of that marriage, but, and this was before I had, it's a long story, but I've been married three times. I'm on my third marriage. So anyway. Third time's the charm. Yeah. Third time's a charm. He's a keeper. God sent him to me and I'm going to keep him as long as he'll stick around. So wonderful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's great. But um so this person had this alcohol. I've never, ever experienced anything like this. You know, I've been around people that drink too much. I'm not a big drinker. I've never had a drug problem. You know, I'm like, whatever. So, you know, because you told me that you're in recovery, I'm going to believe you're in recovery. And right. You that. Um, he wasn't. So <laughs> he was a closet drinker, um, hid it from everybody. Um, and then it would just kind of cycle in and out. So this kind of went on through 2014 and 2015 and this on and off relationship with him. I had was in Beachbody. My mom was put on hospice. So there was a lot going on, you know, in the meantime, I'm working and raising two boys the best I can. So there was a lot. Um, and after my mom passed in 2015, um, this person and I we're up and down, up and down. I, I've never, he kind of, he got physically physical with me one night when he'd been drinking heavily and I had never experienced anything like that before. And it was kind of a pivotal moment during that time because my youngest son witnessed it. And um, it was just weird because this was a person that we loved. 
Um, we cherished him. I knew him from, I knew him as a sober person being very um, loving with his own children, very talented, funny, but drinking was a like Jekyll and Hyde. It was crazy. Um, anyway, he, uh, that happened. We kind of, we broke up. Um, my mom was sick. And so all those things kind of culminated into me. I gained some weight back. I wasn't healthy. I was severely depressed, um, just in a really shitty place mentally. Um, and then some way, somehow I, in 2016 ish, I guess I kind of re relaunched my beach body business, um, because I wanted to get in shape. And so I did, um, I started with chisel and hammer. I don't know if you're familiar. Do you remember yeah. that program? I don't think I did it, but I am familiar. Yeah. So with two different trainers, you know, with the same program and I just kind of started back. And so in 2016, I did like 21 day fix, 21 day fix extreme. Uh, I was determined I was going to do insanity, um, completely. And right. I did, which is right. crazy, crazy. I, insanity. Sean T will tell you that insanity is insanity. Like mm -hmm. it's crazy. So um, I, that year I went to summit in Nashville. Like I really was like working on my business and was pretty successful. And I honestly, whoever my coach was at the time, cause my other coach had quit and I rolled up to whoever wasn't um, involved with me at all. I did it all by myself. I built my business by myself, which I was fine with doing. Um, so I continued coaching. I had lots of groups. My favorite thing about that was that I would do free groups for people. So I never made them join, but I would do like, uh, like week long challenges or, um, five day clean eating challenges or, you know, things like that. And that was fun. And I liked it because I like to help people with nutrition and like being realistic. And I just remember saying, you know, you can't start, you can't, the thing I have with be the problem, one of the problems I have with Beachbody is it's like, so like, oh, from day one, you've got to do a workout this day, this day, this day, this day, and you've got to eat this way and this way and this way. And I'm like, uh, this doesn't seem right. So like me as a friend telling people like, listen, just start with one thing for God's sake, you're just setting yourself up for failure. You know, and the mindset that because you missed a workout that you have to do two the next day to make up for the whatever you missed is ridiculous. But I had that mindset. Um, and then, you know, with the whole, don't get me started on the containers, the whole container oh thing. I remember I did it and I'm starving. And I remember saying, saying something to a coach, like, I don't think this is enough calories. Cause like when I, when I started adding up my calories from my, you know, allotted containers, it was like 1200. And I'm like, I don't think that's enough. And it wasn't, it's not, <laughs> it's not. Um, so it went through that. I did the whole 30 in 2017. Um, I did a tough mutter. I worked on my mental health. I did a lot of self work, um, which I needed to do after my mom passed and after the relationship had ended just focusing on myself, focusing on my kids, focusing on my mental health and physical health. Um, and then, so in 2000, oh, and I started Orange Theory Fitness. Mm -hmm. Have you ever gone to Orange Theory? I haven't, but it sounds really cool. Like sometimes blah, 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 blah. competition either <laughs> works really, really well for me, or it absolutely ruins me. Like um, mm -hmm. if you play mini golf with me, 
I am the person to play golf with. I, as soon as I start to do bad, I am like a five-year-old having a tantrum. I don't know what it is about mini golf that possesses me to act this way, but I cannot handle like being bad at mini golf. I think it's because it just looks so easy. And like, it, like you get the ball in the hole. Like you, anyway, yeah. I don't want to go on <laughs> mini golf, but like, so some, anyway, sometimes it works really well for me. And then other times uh, like that, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, I had done so many beach body programs. I'm like, I really, an orange theory opened up here and I was so excited about it. So I joined it and I liked it. Um, it was different. It was more weights and cardio, you know, up until that point, Beachbody didn't have a whole lot of weight programs. They're, they're focusing more on that now. So I did that. I kind of changed jobs. And then in 2018 um, was the year that I turned 50. And so I was like, I'm going to lose weight before my 50th birthday and get to a certain number. So I was going to orange theory. Um, I would on a birthday trip, with some friends. It was great. I had a great time. And I still think that I had, I'm pretty sure while I was doing Orange Theory, I still had like the BOD platform so I could do workouts too at home. Um, but not doing a whole lot of coaching at that time, whatever coaching meant. Um, and then I met my husband in 2018 on a website called Fitness Singles. What? Oh my God, we need to talk about this. I know this isn't MLM related, but I need, I need to talk about this. What is that? Please tell me about this. I need to know about it. Also, no shade to online dating at all. Me and Nick are on Tinder uh, for him. No, online dating is awesome. Yeah, yeah. No shade. Yeah, no it shade can be. All. Yeah. So, like, you know, like I said, I had, I had been a sing, had been single for many, many years in and out of relationships and had been on like a match e-harmony, you know, all the things. So um, in 2018, I, don't ask me why. I'm like, well, I'm really, I really, my goal is like, I really need to find somebody that matches my, yeah. Um, I don't know what to, I don't know how to say it. Like your interests and like also. My interests, yes. I do get to like, especially with me and Nick kind of going through all of our ups and downs with our like food challenges and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to have different goals from each other. And like right mm -hmm. now, even we really struggle with that because I'm currently in like a uh, binge eating recovery and he is preparing for a, um, uh, a powerlifting meet where he's trying, like that's a weight-based sport so he's in the middle of a cut to try mm. to hit this like weight bracket so that he can compete whatever like it, yeah. it makes sense I don't love that things are weight-based in competition but I understand why it is for powerlifting because mass moves mass so like I yes. understand yeah. it and I understand why he needs to do or wants to do it um and that's important to him. But anyways, us having different goals is very challenging in our relationship. So I get, I get that. Yeah. But I mean, and it's hard. So back to the fitness singles. So at that time I had just turned 50 and I was like, this is a weird place. Cause I, you know, I'm a lot older than you, but in the dating world, when you're 50, you either. <laughs> okay. So I'm looking at these people online and like, okay, 
they look like they're going to a nursing home next week. Like, this is not okay. Cause like, I'm an active person and I like, not, I'm not an outdoorsy person, but I would like to say that I'm a physical, you know, I like to work out. I like to take care of myself. Like I need somebody that aligns with those goals. Right. And so don't ask me how, but I ran across this site called fitness singles. It's a dating site. I don't know if it's still around or not. I'm assuming it is. Um, and I had met a couple of people really didn't ever go on any dates that I met on there. And also I live in a town in Texas that is relatively small. It's not a metropolitan area. So anybody that's on that website that lives in this town, I probably know, you know, like if I wanted to go out with you, I would have gone out with you a long time ago. So <laughs> I grew up here. This is where I'm from. I know a lot of people. So one day I get this message from this guy. He's like, Hey, um, I don't even know what the message says. I, honestly, I think my husband printed them out and has all of our messages somewhere from or the early days um, saying, hey, you know, I really liked your profile. Anyway, came across as super, super genuine. Um, and I guess this is a little vain of me, but I was like, well, you don't have a lot of pictures on your profile. So I didn't really know uh, really what he looked like. And he sent me some other pictures. I'm like, okay, okay. He's, you know, he's handsome. He seems very nice. He was very um, he's quite the gentleman. I'm just going to leave it at that. Cause some people aren't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people aren't. And so after about 10 days or so, like he was like, well, do you want to go to dinner? And I was like, mm, okay. You know, like the more we talked, the more I was like, I really like this guy. I actually had to, he sent me the message one day. I got it. I waited two days and I was like, okay, I'm going to message him back. But my subscription had, um, expired. So I had to resubscribe to email him back. And I'm so glad I did, or I would not be here where I am today with him. But anyway, so we went to dinner, but the, the night that he, we went for our first dinner, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Cause I had a lot of social anxiety. Like I don't want to go out at dating anxiety is horrible. Okay. I know I need to go out. I know I need to be social. I've got to get out of my house. So I'm going to go. And in five or 10 minutes, Somebody's going to call me and I'm going to go home because that was my plan. Like I'm not, I'm going to go because I told myself I was going to go, but then I'm done. Like I'm not going to stay. Well, three hours later, I was still there and not wanting to leave because of the conversations that we were having. Now we're married. So, um, but yeah. And he, um, so my husband actually was on fitness singles because he was looking for somebody. He's, a, he's only a couple years younger than me, but looking for somebody who was like into working out, mm -hmm. not like, Oh, gym rat, you know, but like right. wanting to take care of themselves physically. He had lost like 60 pounds on keto. Um, so he had come from his own depression and mental health issues. So we had a lot of common. Um, and a year after pretty much a year after our first date, we got married. And we've been married for three and a half years. Yeah, he's amazing. He's awesome. He's the best. Um, but definitely challenging because, you know, like you said, he was keto and I am not. <laughs> uh, no, we, uh, we went through that too. Wow. We just got yeah. on this one. Um, yeah. When you and Nick started dating, I was keto and that was a dark time in my life. <laughs> um I like I that was so hard because what was happening was I was keto all week and then I would see him on the weekends and I would absolutely blow everything 
and I was like, oh, it's only a couple of days, but like, that's, I mean, I have lots of issues with keto now, but, um, mm-hmm. and like, no better than I knew then, yeah. but like, I would spend like three days to get back in ketosis. Like, so I'm getting into ketosis Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, finally in ketosis Wednesday, spend Thursday, you know, regular in ketosis. And then Friday I would see him again. And I was like, oh my God, like this isn't worth it. So luckily it actually ended up breaking me from doing that diet, which is probably for the best. My heart, like, I don't think my heart probably could have handled me eating as much bacon and cheese as I was eating when I was oh my god yes I wasn't like I I wasn't like a lettuce keto I was like a let me have string cheese wrapped in bacon (laughs) yeah yeah um and think that this is healthy like that's the type of person I was so like it was not good for me and also I was on ADHD meds and those are like you know that is like you know you need to watch your heart stuff for that Mm -hmm. so like the combo is just not good yeah. Well, you know, and I've always, even through all these, even with Beachbody, I'm like, everybody is different. Everybody has different needs. Things, you know, even with all, you know, the whole container system and mindset, like the to be mindset or whatever that is that I have always said, like, you have got to fix, you have to figure out what works for you. Right. What works for me not, is not going to necessarily, you know, because I have people, if I lost weight, like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm not really, I mean, I've always calorie counted and there have been times in my life where it was like an obsession, like, Oh, you know, like I'm going to eat a thousand calories and work out three workouts a day and, you know, really unhealthy kind of calorie counting. And that's not a good thing, but you know, so props to my husband who lost 60 pounds. He was working out too, you know, and so he's big into weights and, um, anyway, so I met him, we went to orange theory together uh, we still were doing some beach body workouts. I just wasn't really actively coaching. I'm not even sure I was an active coach at that time because right. I rejoined. So um, we dropped Orange Theory mostly for financial reasons because oh, we yeah, were trying to, oh my God, it's so expensive. So expensive. And it got really, because there's only one studio, you have to reserve your spot and there weren't any spots. And I'm like, why am I paying $120 and I can't even come to a class because you don't have any openings. Like, right. that's stupid. And they don't give you any credit. So I'm like, I had a problem with that. So I'm like, right. I'll just work out at home. I've been working out at home for a long time. So um, we started doing that. And so in 2020, after you know, COVID hit, I was still, I'm a nurse, so I never stopped working. Um, I did change jobs. And I decided that I was going to relaunch my beach body business again. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm going to, I'm going to retire my husband. Oh, right? of course you are. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna, Cause I love him so much. I'm going to retire That's so him. Kind. That's so kind yes. that you're yeah. going to retire yes. him, yes. but you're going to work your butt off into the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to retire him, which I would love, to, you know, to be for my husband to retire, but he's been at the same job for 15 years. And the reason I say that is because that really was my goal. Like, I, He doesn't necessarily like his job. So but he's a good, he's a hard worker. He's been there right. for 15 years, you know, like, don't have to, you know, and I, <laughs> I get really into this topic too. of like, we don't have to love job. jobs. Right. Like we, you know, you can either choose to have a job that you're passionate about, or you can have a job that pays your bills and gets you home and you 
live your best life outside of your job. Mm -hmm. Like your job doesn't have to be your whole life. Right. It's not. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, he gets a paycheck. I get a paycheck. Like we know it's coming every week because we go to work. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and I kept kind of going back to that. I'm like, you know, whatever, I'm just going to be a nurse, which I love being a nurse. Yeah. I, you know, after I, we were just had a conversation with somebody yesterday about people. Oh, I love my job. Like, really, do you, who really loves their job? Like we all want to stay home in our pajamas, especially after the last two years, you know? Right. But I mean, I I do enjoy being a nurse. I work my ass off to become a nurse. I did it for a reason because I felt that was my, my calling and my purpose. So I'm going to be a nurse. That's what I do. I go to work and I take care of people. My husband has his job and he does, he goes to work and comes home and then we enjoy our lives outside of that. So, um, but in 2020, for some reason, I decided I need to make more money so I can retire my husband so we can build a house and we can get a pool and we can do all these things because, you know, in the meantime, I'm still watching all these social media accounts of all these top coaches doing all these things. And I've seen them growing and getting, you know, all this stuff. So, but I was going to sign up with a top coach. Like I wanted to be on an elite team, be with an elite coach, but I also wanted to be um, with a coach that was more like, I'm not the hair, makeup, eyelashes coach. I'm not that coach. I'm not social butterfly. Like I like being home in my sweats. Like, you know, I don't want to, you know, and so that lifestyle that they had wasn't necessarily what appealed me to me, except like when you see their houses or their pools, like, yeah, that'd be nice. Like, I'd like to do that or take a vacation with my family. Right. So, so the coach that I signed up with, um, she's a, a top coach has been in Beachbody for a very long time, married to a super trainer. So, um, <laughs> we will have to talk anyway. about that offline. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, very sweet person. I have nothing bad to say about her at all. I chose her and I joined up, you know, I sought her out and yeah. joined her team. And uh, because of the time of year it was, she was very, very hard or working really, really like uh, almost frantically to get to her elite status within like a month period of time. Wow. She, that's where we were. And so I joined in October. I was a diamond coach in November. So within a month, which is a lot of work, and I did it. And to me, I enjoyed it, but I spent a lot of time on it while I worked my other job. Um, and again, I liked it because I felt like I was helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, I was good at it. I've never like, I, I wouldn't say like, I know other people struggle and they can't get people to join them or whatever. I, that hasn't ever been me. And I don't know why. Um, I've been very lucky that people are like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. But I also have never been the coach that's like, if you don't do it, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I don't right. know, whatever. I've never been that. Although I have heard horror stories from other friends that have had coaches say to them, you're not working hard enough. You're not doing this. You need to do this. You need to give up that. That was never the case for me. Um, I never felt that pressure, um, even with this particular coach, because we talked about our goals, which was to retire my husband. So you got to put in the work and she never, ever said, um, she told me from the very beginning, it's her business. This is a business. You know, her goal is to make money and it is. And I appreciated the fact that she was like, this is what, this is my business. So, but you have to 
also remember this is a business she's she's been in since almost the beginning of Beachbody. Right. And also being married to a super trainer, that makes you more likely to be sought out. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. Like just again, when you're married to a cult leader, (laughs) like you're much more (laughs) likely to be successful in the cult, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. Um, But outside of that, you know, she was working on, she had to take a lot of rest days because of her own physical health. And she would say, I just can't do it today. Like I'm taking a day off. So I did appreciate that, that she had her boundaries and set her boundaries in that way. Um, Yeah. And, you know, and then you start seeing all this emergence of all these coaches all of a sudden in 2020 and 2021, like they're all launching their side coaching businesses or courses. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really have anything. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what that, I just thought that was, I just started thinking in my head, that's so weird. Coaching coaches like, why are coach you, coaches? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why, why are we all like being life coaches and none of you have on your profile that you're a Beachbody coach? Yeah, like, I think that's very interesting. The like masking that's going on on social media, like before it was like put it all in your profile and da, 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 mm-hmm. da. and now it's like hide it because yeah they know that it's gonna scare people away yeah and they tell you not to put it in there wow they tell you not to because it does scare people away because people know that it's multi-level marketing and like I said back in 2014 I didn't know that it was right um, I knew by the time I joined for the third time that it was and that was intentional you know like right. that's on me like nobody made me. I did it. I had my husband's support. Of course, he was my downline as long as, uh, as well as my other son that was over the age of 18. Wow. And, yeah. So you had yeah. two accounts that you can control. Wow. So lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so were Emerald. you making purchase? So let's talk about that for a second. So were you making purchases for each yes. account? Yes. And was that, was your husband and your son actually consuming the products or were they just like accounts that you were controlling? Um, my son, no, my son doesn't even know he had an account. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, like so many of us have done it. So like, Uh like, but just like, it just sucks. Like, you know, looking at it now, it's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) What the hell, you know? And then, um, my husband, yes. He did. And my husband actually drank Shakeology. He liked it. Um, up until just probably six months ago, mm-hmm. he was still getting it. And I was like, you know what? You're not a coach anymore. <laughs> I had canceled my son's account a long time ago. Like I lost my coach status. Like my, my diamond rank lasted maybe a, a month or two. Right. Uh, and you know, whatever. And I didn't care. It didn't matter to me. I wasn't trying to work my business anymore. We built our house. I have a, an amazing house, an amazing husband, an amazing marriage and a pool in my fucking backyard that my husband and I worked our asses off for, you know, so, and it had nothing to do with any money that I ever made on Beachbody for sure. I mean, oh, I'm, for I'm sure. sure. Because especially <laughs> if you were controlling three accounts and had to buy yes. three accounts yeah. for it. Like that's, that's so much money. That's like, cause Shakeology is what, $120. And then you get, mm-hmm. so you do that for one account. And then the next account you do two like things of energize. And then the other or beach cars or whatever. Yeah. Right. And then the other yeah. one you're doing like, yeah, the recharge or whatever. So like yeah. that's at least $300, but probably more. 
Yes. Plus and the I fee still have like the account. Yeah. Active. Yeah, so it's sixteen, seventeen dollars a month. Yeah, to keep to be have be a coach. So um, we did get the bike because my husband had been talking about that fucking bike forever because he wanted the bike. Guess who never rides the bike? <laughs> <laughs> my uh, husband. But I do as a cardio day. I only do it like once or twice a week because I do weights the rest of the time. Nice. I do because it just I don't want to go outside, so I just ride the bike whatever. And we walk. So, um, so I canceled my coach account, my husband's coach account. And then funny story is that like my debit card, just, Oh, I I lost my debit card story of my life. And so I never just updated my payment information on Beachbody because I don't fucking care. You know, like, I don't care. I'm not, I don't need anything. Well, you know, my upline coach, but this is my, I had had a few conversations with her and just told her that I wasn't, you know, this wasn't going to work. And I, and she never said, uh, you know, she never tried to get me to come back on. She never asked me, you know, like try to pressure me to restart my business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she had contacted me when we built our house and, and she knew that was one of my goals. And she's like, your house is beautiful. Congratulations. You know, like nothing ever. I have nothing bad to say about her, honestly. Yeah. She's in that. She, like I said, she's, been in it for years and years and years. Um, and she contacted me a few months ago and said, Hey, I just noticed, um, you're going to, I can't remember what she said, something about you're going to lose your coach status because of your payment not going through. And I was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't care. Yeah. And she's like, okay. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. So I haven't, I'm not a coach. Um, we still have the bike and I'm trying to figure out, and if you know the answer to this, I would love it. Um, you know, they have the beach body on the interactive beach body now with the bike. So it's like Peloton. So there's classes and the bike classes that I take are not with any super trainers. They have all these other, Yeah, I don't know. Some of them may have taught on Peloton. I really don't know. I like them. I like the rides. They don't talk anything about beach body. They don't talk about the beach body products during their workouts. Right. But I don't know if you, I don't think you can even do the programs unless you have a subscription to right. the BOD platform, you know? So um, you could get the Peloton app. Um, yeah. That's an option. I, I think that, I, I'm not sure what the pricing is. I think it might be a little bit more, but you're not supporting an MLM. And right. um, from what I understand, the coaches or the trainers or whatever they're called, um, the instructors are very uh, not diet culture-y is really the feedback I've gotten about Peloton. Um, But also I would just check out YouTube and see what's there for free. Um, And even like uh, the YouTube Red subscription is also probably like not bad Mm -hmm. compared, like, you know, if you need to like pay for it to get what you're looking for. I think that a lot of times we get so like, we're so brainwashed by the MLM that when it comes to like money pricing for other things, like we can't see anything as like comparable or good or whatever. Um, I know that I really struggled with that at first when I was like trying to figure out like what was comparable and what I would like and all that stuff for any product. Um, But yeah, I think that I think those would be like the two places I mm-hmm. would check out. And, but I'm sure there's also other things. I'm sure there yeah. is. I don't know them, but. I'm just like, I like the bike and I like yeah. the bike rides. I just don't like our, I think our 
plan runs out soon. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I told my husband last night, I really want to figure out a different way. And I feel bad because my neighbors bought a bike because we had one mm. from me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. But um, so yeah, so like, I'm not, not a coach anymore. Um, but I, I do want to mention, um, I told you that I had met Shanti back in uh, May for a birthday celebration. Um, and this is just such a, so this trigger warning, this has to do with a lot of mental health stuff. Um, so that's like, was like always been my dream was to meet him in person, do a work in a small setting, you know? Um, so my husband's always like fully supportive. He's like, you know, drop me off in the morning over there because he works in Austin some days. Um, and I was, I was excited, but I was in a weird mental space for whatever reason. And I could never pinpoint it the whole day. I met Scott, I met Sean, but I remember being in that room feeling completely alone with 200 people around me. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with Beachbody, nothing really to do with Sean, because I really was like something, I just, something is just weird. And well- yeah. You kind of went to a cult leader celebration. <laughs> yeah. Really, you know, like, you know, I know that we just spent like a good chunk of this podcast <laughs> like praising Ashanti and how wonderful we think he is. But I mean, ultimately he has, in my opinion, like, you know, again, with a grain of salt, he's achieved this status in the fitness community and the beach body world um, of like, celebrity Mm -hmm. and so you know he has a lot of power and a lot of influence over people that look up to him and when you're like starting to see the the cracks and everything it's like oh my god what am I a part of Mm -hmm. so on the way home the drive home because it's about 90 miles um, from where we live I just was like, my headspace was just, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I said, just I felt completely alone. Um, and it just got worse. We got home and it was worse the next day. So that was on a Saturday. Um, on Sunday, um, my husband and I were in the pool and he knew something was wrong and he knows my husband is extremely supportive of everything and he knows um you know i've struggled with depression on and off a lot um i has been suicidal in my early 20s attempted suicide was unsuccessful so there's a long history of some depression and things that i've kind of crawled my way back out of you know through fitness because I, that has helped me and i always say that working out helps me it doesn't matter if it's a beach body workout or whatever workout but those things help improve my mental space and when i don't you know in those um really lulls of depression when you're it gets worse and you're not working out and you're just like you just like in this spot that you feel like you can never dig yourself out of. And it happened so fast. Like I just went down so fast. The next day um, I was sitting in the pool with my husband and I looked at him. I said, I don't want to be here anymore. And he was like, what? I said, I don't want to be here. And he's like, 
what, why, you know, what's going on? What's, what did I do? He's always like, what did I do? I'm like, you didn't do anything. And I think because I was so despondent and also upset with myself for being despondent because I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You have a job, you have a career, you have a wonderful life. I have a wonderful husband. I have beautiful children. I have friends. I have a beautiful house. I have everything that I could ever want. Right. What the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, it was bad. Yeah. And all I could think of was, I I just don't want to be here. And it was scary. It was scary. And I ended up going, um, calling in sick that week. Um, and it just progressed throughout the week. And by the time we got to the next weekend, I wasn't sleeping. I hadn't slept in about 48 hours. I just could not function at all. And I have a very close, one of my best friends. And so, you know, I, I'm such a proponent for mental health and for suicide prevention. And I didn't say this, but that relationship that I was in in 2014, 2015, that um, person who I love deeply, even though he had a lot of his own mental health issues, ended up killing himself in 2018 or 19, shortly after my, in 2019, shortly after my husband and I got married. So that was, that was very, very difficult. And like I said, I have a very, you know, I have a wonderfully supportive husband who went to the funeral with me from, to a man that killed himself that I used to date. So, you know, it was a lot. And, um, my husband just was, didn't know what to do. He, he has no idea. He's never had any experience with this other than, you know, his crazy wife, <laughs> which I say crazy in a not crazy, you know, like mental health problems. I got some issues, but you know, um, and he was just beside himself. And I didn't want to drag him down, you know, but I kept telling him, I'm sorry. Like, I just don't want to be here. It has nothing to do with you. Please don't think it has anything to do with you. And I couldn't make him feel better, obviously. And I wasn't trying to make him feel better, honestly, because I couldn't function. So, you know, after being up all night, one night, I said, my, it was like the next Sunday, I text my friend and I said, I need you to come over. And she was like, it's 6.30 on a Sunday morning. Are you okay? And I'm like, obviously not. And she was there in 30 minutes. She's also a nurse. And so she knows some of this history. And I just told her flat out, like, I'm done. And they were my, it was her and my husband. And at that point, I was like, okay, this is some serious shit. It was very scary. It's a very dark place to be. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be there, but I couldn't get myself out of it. Right. No, I you know, totally and it just like, so, cause my husband didn't know what to do. He was kind of like, you know, did just kind of like a deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. My friend who's a nurse was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the plan. You know, this, this, we're going to, we're going to call this doctor and we're going to do this. And we're going to, you know, if, if she hadn't been there and, and set out a plan and made me agree to all these things, um, I, I would have gone probably been admitted to like a short-term program or whatever because that's that's how bad it was but again like you know even though I knew that I was in that place but I didn't want to be in that place right that makes sense you know so I was like my husband and her like between them like I got into a a, a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. not 
counseling, like, you know, like I should have been, I should have gone to a hospital, but I didn't because I'm a nurse and that's the way we are. We're not going to the hospital. We know something's wrong. So, you know, I agreed to this plan and I agreed to doing these things, you know, like you have a plan of action when somebody's in that desperate place. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I went and talked to my primary care physician. I went to see my husband got me into a psychiatrist. You know, I started working through some shit and I'm still doing it. So that was back in May. Um, and it wasn't that long ago, but I'm in a completely different place now. Of mm-hmm. course, I'm oh, that's something that I'm always going to deal with. You know, my husband knows that. Um, but so that I, it just bothers me that that weekend in Austin kind of precipitated this mm-hmm. whole spiral. It does sound, I mean, obviously I am not your therapist and there's probably <laughs> more context to the story that I'm missing, but it does sound like something about going to that event, like kind of triggered something in your mm-hmm. brain to just go, oh no, oh mm-hmm. no. And like, you know, like, and like I said, like, I, I, I wonder, I can't help. And also thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable and talking about your story. That means so much. And, um, as you know, I know you've listened to my podcast mm-hmm. all the way through. So I know that, you know, that I, I had a very similar experience, um, yeah. while I was in an MLM. And, um, so I, I, it's so scary, especially when that's not really your like baseline. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. you just go into a depressive episode and yeah. like, where did this come from? What the hell? What is happening? Yeah. yeah. So like, I can't help, but like wonder, and I wonder what your thoughts are about like going to this event. I mean, obviously there was no intent from like the event itself to like do something mm-hmm. like this. And like, I would never try to assume no. that at all. So I just want to make that very clear. Um, but like, I wonder what it was that like, uh, I, or if it was just all purely coincidence that it just all kind of happened at the same time, but you know, that feeling of being alone in a crowded room and like being in like this culty, like raw, raw event where everyone is, everyone appears happy. Everyone is celebrating. Mm-hmm. Everyone's acting like everything's fine. Nobody has a care in the world like, look at this gorgeous lifestyle, like, you're in this room with Shanti, you know, again, like, you have this, like, mirror held up to you, right, of, like, this was all of the things that you wanted to be in this room with Shanti, you have the house, you have the husband, you have the pool, you have, you have all of these wonderful things in your life, and then you're in this room with Shanti, who you're, like, super looking up to, and you have the mirror held up to you at that point, and you're, like, oh, fuck, this all happy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, like I said, like my good friend that came over, who's a nurse, who's, Mm. she's wonderful. And she was like, at that moment, she was like, tell me what happened. Tell me when you were sitting there, what were you thinking? I was Mm. like, I kept thinking I was alone. That's all I kept thinking. Yeah. And so it was just crazy. Like how, I mean, just like, how did like, I was just so shocked by all of it and how, how fast, like what the, and then how frustrated I was with my own self to even, like, I had no reason to feel that in my mind had no reason to feel that way, even right. though, you know, I get that. 
like, you know what I mean? You go to these events, like, you know, I've gone to things by myself before and it can really be hit or miss. Like it can either be a very, very empowering situation where you're like, I did this thing by myself in a group of people. Like, you know, I go to an event by myself and like, I'm totally fine. I make friends, I mingle, I do all this stuff. Or it can be so detrimental. Like you have to be in the right mindset to do that. And like, you know, it it sounds like it just hit you the wrong way. I guess, but you know, so since then, um, since, since that time, I have been doing a lot of, lots of therapy, Mm -hmm. hard therapy. It's hard. Therapy is hard. hard. (laughs) It's so hard. And you know, it's, I just remember the first day, you know, cause you're still in that headspace going, I just want to run away. I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to talk about this. It's so hard, but I mean, obviously I'm in a much better space. Yeah. Um, I, you know, started, I've, I've been consistent with my workouts, but my workouts completely changed. I joined the inner circle, which I know you know about. Yeah. Um, I started listening to, so about that time is also when I started listening to more anti-MLM things and mm-hmm. found Roberta's podcast. And then you were on there and Nick was on there. And so things just kind of came, you know, all together in that way where I was like, okay, I had been, I've seen Jordan um, on Instagram. I was like, okay, I like this guy, you know, cause he's telling it like it is. And he cusses and, yeah. you know, Jordan yeah. for anyone that yes. doesn't know what we're talking Jordan about. Syatt. Um, so, uh, you know, I had been following him and then now I have all this kind of anti MLM content coming and I'm like, like binging this going, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't really want, I like, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, you know, completely changed my workouts, going to therapy, um, trying to change my mindset with eating, which I mean, has been hard but so worth it. Right. So worth it. And then now I am working on a nutrition certification with precision nutrition. That's and I freaking love it. <laughs> I love it because again, when you go back to all the things that I've done in the past, like truly, I truly do like helping people with their health and fitness. Um, but I'm not a, I'm not a personal trainer. I don't want to be a personal trainer. I can never coach you on exercising. Right. However, I am a nurse. So I do know about health and wellness and medical diseases and disease process, but I really have always been interested in nutrition and always wanted to do that and helping people. Um, but never felt like I don't really qualify to do that. So let me take a course. That's going to give me more knowledge and and qualifications to actually have a conversation with somebody and say, well, look, this is, this is what I know or help somebody. So that's kind of where I am. And I freaking love it. Like I love this nutrition program. I'm about a quarter of a way through it. Yeah. I think um, that's the I same love, one that yeah. Nick did. Yeah. I it's like it. He's the one that made the suggestion to me. Oh yeah. Um, and I can see so many parallels with, um, with how Nick does his programming and Jordan has, and Susan and their program. And, yeah. you know, and it, it kind of goes back to what I've always said, like, it's not one size fits all people. You, you can't, you know, you can't throw everything at, you know, you got to eat this and you can't eat that. And you got to do this and drink more water and sleep more and exercise. And like, that's not realistic when you're going from zero to trying to get healthy. You can't right. implement all those things at one time. That's fucking crazy. Like, right. no, pick something. <laughs> Pick one, you know, pick one thing. Like you're going to go for a walk every day. Simple. 
So I'm super excited about that. So hopefully, you know, I'm hoping that I'll finish that. My goal is by the end of the year so that I can start the new year having that certification and possibly start taking on some clients. Um, nice. Yeah, also, you'll be your own boss, like for real. Yeah. yeah. And still be a nurse because I love being a nurse. So, right. yeah. But, you know. Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, wow. What a nice yeah. comeback story. Um, so I'm curious, uh, have you, were you able to find, so you go to therapy now, were you able to find a therapist that understands multi-level marketing? Is that part of the work for you or were you not able to find one? So I don't, so what happened, what happened was, so I had that whole meltdown mm-hmm. and I think, I think this was before we started recording when we talked about the access community to mental health care in this country sucks. Yes. Yes. 100%. uh, 100%. Insurance sucks. Uh, Our community is not, um, doesn't have a lot of resources. Yeah. So first of all, it took me forever to get in to see a psychiatrist. Um, My husband, the one I wanted to go see was a three month wait. Well, at that moment, there was not waiting three months. Like that was not going to happen. Um, so my husband got me in to see another one and, um, I saw him, a, <laughs> I saw him a few times and it did help. I mean, obviously if you're talking about these things and you have somebody, um, asking you questions about things that you don't think about, it's going to help. Right. So I went to see him three or four times, but I kind of wasn't really vibing with him very right. well. And I came home from the last one and my husband's like, well, how did it go? And I had told him from the very beginning, I'm like, you know, this is going to take years for me to work through this shit. Right. But so don't ask me, you know, it went, but <laughs> my, uh, I don't know. There was like a meme. Cause I thought it was funny. So he, I was talking to him and he was like, oh, like paused and just was like staring at me. Yep. Classic. <laughs> and I'm like staring at him. Like, are we having a stare off? Like what's happening? And he goes, I feel like you want me to tell you something. I was like, yeah, I fucking want you to tell me something. Tell me something. Like, give me a prompt. I got plenty of shit to talk about. Yeah. I got a whole fucking laundry list of things to talk about. Give me a prompt, (laughs) something, you know? And it was just like, after that, I was like, okay, I got to find somebody else to go see. Right. And (laughs) it's so important to find somebody that is a good fit for you. However, so if, so if we were talking during that time and you were like, Danielle, what do I do? I can't, like, I found this person that I want and there's a wait list, but like, I need help way sooner than this. What I would have told you to do. So anyone that's listening, that's in a similar situation, or if this ever comes up for you, contact the person that you want to work with and express how much you want to work with them. Um, and you know what they might say? I have a three month wait list. Like I'll put you on it awesome but also like try to appeal to like why you think they're going to be a good fit Mm -hmm. for you like the more you butter people up and like feed into like therapists are people too and like the more you like express how you're going to be a good fit or you think you're going to be a good fit for them the more likely you are to get in with them sooner um because they're going to be like it's also scary on the therapist end to get a new client because what if you're not a good fit and then you know you have this client who's expecting you Mm -hmm. like this to come like some change to come from you 
and you know that you're not a good fit. And then it's very frustrating because of the whole process, yada, yada, yada. So like, we want you to be a good fit right away, but also like a good therapist is going to tell you if you're, if this isn't the right fit, I want you to find the right mm-hmm. fit, you know, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And so I have also discovered- get on the wait list of who you want. And if it's an emergent situation, get in wherever you can while you wait, mm-hmm. go to your primary care doctor to get meds yes. while you're on wait lists. Go yes. like, go and do the in-between work. And as long as like most primary care doctors will work with you while you're on a wait list, um, some will just continue to prescribe for you. If you're like quote unquote easy, like, you know what I mean? Like if you're not a complicated mm-hmm. med case, they'll usually continue to work with you if, if everything is okay. And like, it seems to be working and you don't need somebody to like be tinkering a lot. Yeah. Like, they yeah. typically will. But like, if they, if you say, Hey, I'm on wait list, I'm not okay. They need to help you. Like, mm-hmm. like, so don't, yeah. I know it's not fun to do the in-between work or to get with somebody that you know you're not going to stay or potentially not going to stay with. But like, I think getting in and with somebody and being like, listen, like, I would like to do temporary work with you. I'm on a wait list for somebody who specializes in my needs. Um, but I, I need help now. I need to learn some skills. I need to do some stuff. Like, can you please work with me for now? Mm-hmm. And most people are going to say yes. Yeah. You and know? I do have a, I have luck fortunate that I have a primary care physician that has worked with me for years now. So I reach out to him first. Yeah. Like something is wrong. Like, you know, um, so he, I have, and is there, by the way, there's nothing wrong with being on medicine, right? I will be on medicine for the rest of my life because I have tried to take myself off of it. And then I, these things happen and right. that's just not okay. I mean, obviously something is off that chemically that has to be adjusted and that's okay. Like I'm totally okay with that. And so what I have found also that with a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist is good to help manage medications mm-hmm. and maybe like initially, but then after that, you don't really need to see a psychiatrist. You just right. need to go to counseling therapy, you know, right. doesn't, you know what I mean? In most so. cases, in most cases that are not complex, if you're not like, you know, if you're on a couple of meds, you are absolutely right. You should be able yeah. to go to a psychiatrist to figure out your dosing and mm-hmm. then your primary care, as long as they are comfortable, should be able to take over, um, prescribing that medication. If you are on a good handful, then like you might need to stay yeah. with a psychiatrist for, for however yeah, and I was only, I was only on one, um, yeah. and this, the psychiatrist was good about that, and it was good because we did talk. You know, the first time we talked about that and what works and doesn't work, and what his strategy was as far as medication was concerned. Right. Because I have a, a bit on other medications, and so it was good right. to have him. And then when I stopped seeing him, I did go see another psychiatrist just to do like um, some in-depth testing. Yeah, but that that one didn't do. Um, so I, you know, did all the, uh, I don't know, what's it called? There's like two tests. One that you, they show these, you're supposed to push the button every time it shows an X. It's basically like an attention ADD thing, which stressed me out completely. But, and then there was another like question, like a 350 page, not page question, 350 questions. And I was like, Oh, I'm okay. I don't know. Anyway, so, you know, I did that. And basically he says, you have chronic depression. Duh. Okay. But, you know, at least I know that I'm not bipolar. I don't have AD. And if I was, that's okay. Right. You know, 
Um, I'm not, you know, it's okay, but at least I know that there, that is the diagnosis, you know? I saw somewhere online, cause sometimes like I go back and forth about diagnoses because like, you know, they, there's just so, there's so much mm-hmm. there and I'm not going to talk about all of that today, but anyways, <laughs> I saw somewhere online that it's about knowing that you're a zebra than knowing that you're a weird horse. It's better to know that you're a zebra and be like, well, I'm a zebra. I'm not I'm a, a zebra. horse. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. So like, that's kind of the point of like getting a diagnosis, especially like when you get to, to like the neurodivergency like spectrum, mm-hmm. because at, like, this is where like my like thoughts about diagnosis is as an adult, if, if you're not planning to get medicated, there's like not a lot of like practical use for a diagnosis other than just like knowing that this is why my brain is doing those things Mm -hmm. um so it's like and and like you know some people have feelings about having labels so it's all just about what you want and if you feel like a weird horse then you need to go and get a diagnosis and figure out what's going on because you know it sucks to feel like a weird horse yeah and you know my one of the reasons that the friend that helped me through all this, um, she's one of my best friends. She's actually, she's having her 50th birthday party tonight. So, so uh, it's so exciting, but you know, she's worked through a lot of her own things and was recently diagnosed with ADD. And she's like, now everything makes sense. Like it makes sense. Like she went through this whole thing. Like, what? like, she, you know, all she's like, now when I look back, all these things make sense. Yeah. which is why at the time she was like, okay, this is what I think, this is what you need to do. You need to do this and do this and get the testing and do all the things and try to figure out. And I mean, I'm a total proponent for mental health always have been, you know, right. always. Cause I, cause of my history and my family's history. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's go Yeah, like, get the help that you need and yeah. get your resources. You know, resources are scarce sometimes, but yes. if you, but there are people that are people that are just friends that you can say, Hey, I'm not okay. Like right. I'm not okay. <laughs> right. Like reach out, you know, use your, use your natural support system to help get you to the professional supports when you need them. And then, mm-hmm. uh, kind of circling back to the psychiatrist thing, like when you're all done. And I think that sometimes psychiatrists might keep you a little longer than you need to be there. <laughs> like when you feel like you are on excuse me, a stable dose of something, go and ask your primary care to, to manage that med for you and create that spot for somebody else. You are not mm-hmm. a burden if you need the spot, but when you are ready to have that med managed by your regular primary care, create that spot for somebody else. Cause you know yeah. what it's like to be in the position of needing to be in that spot. Yes. Um, and because we live in a small community, I say small, mm-hmm. um, my primary care physician knew both the psychiatrists that I had yeah. gone to. And of course, I always ask you, can we talk to him? I'm like, yes, please. Everybody yeah. talk. <laughs> everybody talk. So I can get feel what better. I need to get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this has been absolutely amazing. Is there anything that you want to touch on real quick before I ask you my final question? No, I mean, I really like the ending of the story. Like, I think that's one of the most important things that I, even though I don't know that it directly ties into the MLM, I mean, definitely there's something there, you know, like, is, I think like, you know, like I said, I'm not your therapist, so we're not going to like dig through all of it, but (laughs) I would be willing to bet. And, you know, if you ever like 
get to the point where you work through all of this and you want to come back and you're like, Danielle, I have a part two. I have figured out what happened. <laughs> like, come yeah. back and tell us. Cause you know, I think that it is like, it's definitely not the whole story, but I think it's a mm-hmm. piece. I like, mm-hmm. you know, I think you're right. It is a piece of what's going on and what led to like you kind of falling down that depression rabbit hole. So like, I'm just so curious what, like, what that trigger was, um, because I think it sounds like there was some sort of environmental switch there. Yeah. And I wish that I knew, and I almost feel, um, I don't know, almost guilty. Like mm. Shanti, I love you. I love you. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's nothing to do with you. And like directly, but yeah. indirectly, maybe, I don't know, you know? Right, right. right. No, exactly. Um, so yeah, anyways, thank you so much for being so vulnerable, having such an important conversation here. Um, just so everyone knows, there is a link in my, or like the, in my show notes, there is like the suicide hotline and all of that yes. stuff. Um, so if you're struggling to find it, I mean, Google is your best friend and all of that stuff will pop up. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, don't be afraid to ask for help, uh, and call your doctor, uh, mm-hmm. honestly, if it's business hours, call your doctor. Don't call the suicide hotline. Um, yes. And if you can't get through to your doctor, call your friends. Yes. And say, I'm not okay. Yes. Call anyone. Yeah. Anyone. <laughs> yes. Call somebody. Call somebody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. What is your okay. anti MLM? Why? Hmm. Um, just, I guess that, you know, an MLM is not a business. You're not going to have a business. Yeah. You have, you know, go, you went to college for a reason. If you went to college, if you didn't, you have a job for a reason, you know, there's, you don't have to have an MLM to have a, your own business. Right. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening today. If you have not already check out Janice's episode on Nick's podcast. I will link it in the show notes because as I said, it will already be out by the time this is out. Um, And I'm sure that they will have a totally similar but adjacent conversation as we had today. Mm -hmm. And it will just be so cool to hear more of your story. Um, That will be more diet focused and workout focused. Yeah. Right. And I think it'll be really interesting because honestly, I think we could have talked forever. Um, But um, I hope that you all have a wonderful day and have a great weekend. Bye. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, Huns! I just wanted to take a second to tell you guys about Acorn. And no, this is not a sponsored ad. Acorn is a robo-investing account that I've been using to manage my money since I've started my own small business. I honestly had no idea what I was doing in regards to saving for the future, but knew I needed to start somewhere and thought this was a great way to get the ball rolling. I really like the interactive graphics and watching what's going on with my money. If this is something that you feel interested in, feel free to click the link in my bio to start your own Acorn account and we'll both get $5 added in our accounts for our investing future.
Happy savings.